Good morning, everyone. My name is Becky. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a compulsive everything. Um, I am, I do it all like compulsively. Everything in my life is infiltrated with compulsive behaviors. And I want you to know that the only solution for this head is recovery. Is 12 steps is programs. I'm in multiple programs and, um, and I'm, and each, each step along the way has been another way to surrender and let go of the things that are not good for me. The things that rob me of my joy, my peace. Um, and so I am very grateful to this program for, the freedom and the clarity that I'm getting through this program. I want to take a minute and welcome the newcomer. And I'm going to pretty much, I'm really speaking to you guys today. because I'm just going to tell you a little bit about me and you get to take what you like and leave the rest. And if something doesn't um, resonate with you, with my share, keep coming back until you hear somebody that you can relate to. And then when you can relate to them, get their phone number and start calling them. And I, that, I will tell you that that uh, reaching out, finally making a commitment to someone else and an accountability to someone else is where things turned for me in this program. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself, what it was like. Um, I grew up in Chicago. So shout out to anybody in the Midwest, Chi-Town. And I uh, grew up in, a, my father's from Tahiti, a small island in Tahiti, where there was very little food, fish and coconuts. Literally, I visited his island uh, two years ago. And um it occurred to me when he put oranges and nuts in my stocking at Christmas time. And I was like a kid going, what? This sucks, man. I want toys and candy. Um, but he comes from an island where they can't grow produce. The whole island is like shells. I don't know. It grows coconuts and flowers <laughs> and fish. You can fish. And uh, the, the whole island to this day has to wait. Uh, every two weeks for a ship to come in and buy some very expensive produce and things like that. And so, um, I don't know, I tell you a little bit about this because I grew up, I uh, have five, there's five siblings or five, uh, five of us and eating at any meal was always um, first come first serve. <laughs> if you were the first one to get to the table, you got the good stuff and everyone else got the bad cuts, right? It was a, it was, it was competition for food. And um, from a very young age, our, my family, my father was a drug enforcement agent. And my, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. We grew up in a, in, in a Mormon family. Um, I, that was our religious background. That was my background, which is a beautiful religion. I don't practice it today, but I absolutely just if I were to go back to church, that's where I would go, my roots. And actually the big book talks a lot about religion. 
towards the end of the book, it says, um, I'm going to miss, you know, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, misquote it. Um, but it says many of us, when we start to recover, we have a tendency to go back to our original, uh, upbringing or the, the, you know, the, the faith that we grew up with to explore it from a new perspective. Um, anyway, um, and so in this household, you know, we weren't exposed to drugs and alcohol. There was no alcohol in my family. Um, my parents didn't drink um, or have that kind of stuff going on. And I had a relatively wholesome environment. Uh, my friends were all church friends, you know, but I was also in a Polynesian dance troupe. And that's what a lot of us Polynesians do. As soon as we're little, we start to learn the culture. And a part of the culture is singing and dancing. And so as soon as I could walk, I had a grass skirt on me and a little bikini top and I'd be shaking my tail feather. And um, I grew up doing this. Um, I, you know, I started to get paid for it when I was just about uh, 11 or 12. So I started to get my own income. And this was sort of an every weekend occurrence in Chicago. And we traveled around like, you know, out of the state and did, you know, it was a professional dance troupe. And all my family members, they were either living in Tahiti as black pearl farmers, or they came to the United States and they became entertainers. And, um, you know, I just, I my earliest recollection of comparing myself was I had this auntie, Aunt Bernadette, and she was a size zero. Now, does that even make sense? Size zero? Anyway, I, they pissed me off. Zero people. I skipped that. I, I mean, I think I grew up, I think I came out of the womb a size 7A, you know? <laughs> there was, you know, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. All I knew is I was a young girl having to take off, be half naked, standing next to my auntie, who was a size zero. And, you know, at 10 years old, I was athletic. I was a swimmer, a basketball player. I had a very athletic build. There was no fat on this body, but my size seven, eight next to a size zero, I always felt like there was something wrong with me, you know? And then I had you know, I had the, you know, I had the, I had the, the childhood molestation thing happen. Right. And that, that stuff throws a loop in your brain, man. I mean, if you're, if you've experienced anything like that, it really, it's really worth exploring and going back and revisiting and getting that stuff healed and in a healthy place. Cause that infiltrated my world big time. You know, it didn't, you know, the things that happen to your body that cause you to start thinking a certain way and start feeling a certain way. A lot of that came from that initial reaction, my first sexual experience, you know, and, um, you know, and I, I it took me a long time to process and heal that stuff. And I used the program for a lot of that. And I also use therapy and psychiatrists and the medical community, medical community, um, and their experience to get through some of that stuff. You know, long story short is I started hoarding food at a very young age. I started buying my own candy. I would go because I had my own money and was working at a very young age. 
I, when I hit the store, I would spend, you know, $20, $30 on certain candy items, you know, all those chewy gummy things. And some of the candies that don't even exist today. I love going to like a vintage candy store. You know, I don't eat that today, but <laughs> I do still do stuff like buy it so that other people, other people can have it. I don't know if any of you guys do that. I, I can't have this, but I'm going to buy it for somebody else. And I'm like, can you eat this? And they're like, well, I had enough. And I'm like, what? Finish it. It's so delicious. You know, <laughs> I don't know why I do that, but um, you know, I just started hoarding candy at a very young age and I started not fitting in and started comparing, especially the comparing. I don't look like her. Why don't I look like her? My boobies didn't come until I was 16. You know, like, like there was just definitely something wrong with me. And I went through life feeling like there's something wrong with me. And then I had things happen that was like, made me weird. I was a, a little bit of a weirdo. I wasn't a little bit of weirdo. I was a weirdo. Like I was doing weird, strange, odd behaviors. And some of it might've stemmed from, uh, you know, molestation that was going on. And some of it might've just been my personality and, you know, whatever life. So as time went on, when I, you know, I was uh, one of those kids that could easily understand, memorize things. So I did really well in school and I got a scholarship to go to university. I went to DePaul with a W, not L, a W in Indiana. Um, and I got into this environment that I, you know, I was a Mormon girl, right? So I was not familiar with sororities and fraternities and it's 90% Greek at the, that university. So rushing, partying, you know, drinking heavily every night um, was the thing. And thank you. And I was just so out of place, majorly out of place. And that's when my compulsive overeating took off, right? The cafeteria, all you can eat, right? In the dorms, all you can eat. I, I, I started my binging purging on a much higher level, daily occurrence. And I, it was, I, I, when I look back at that time in that dorm by myself, because the, the roommate that I was assigned never showed up. So I ended up alone, which is, which is, the perfect place for, you know, a compulsive overeater, completely out of control um, in my room, binging and purging and binging and purging every day, every day, every day, every, every meal. Um, I got sicker and sicker and sicker. I lasted, I lasted till December <laughs> at that university. And then, you know, I had a boyfriend back at home and he was going to fix it. So I got on my moped one night literally at night at about midnight in a blizzard, I got on my moped and went, started going 350 miles back to Chicago. I got pulled over by a cop because apparently you can't ride a moped that can only go 40 miles an hour on the freeway, especially in a blizzard. Anyway, that just gives you, you know, I'm the kid that would stand and, and like hold a tall metal pole in a lightning storm and wait for the lightning to hit me. I became a cutter. I became um, just sicker and sicker. And what happened to me is I got into the 
mother program. I got into Alcoholics Anonymous 22 years ago. And so that began the the recovery for me. The first year in Alcoholics Anonymous, I was an athletic trainer in gyms, teaching aerobic, you know, that annoying aerobics instructor, four hours, five hours a day, completely compulsive over-exerciser. And when I uh, got into that first program, my whole world came crashing down uh, in and out of mental institutions. You know, um, I was declared mentally unfit. I was put on social security disability, permanent disability for mental illness, bipolar disorder. And I immediately gained 90 pounds in nine months. And I hung on to that and, you know, a couple dozen more pounds for the next 15 years. Um, But early on, I went to an, I I would do an inventory and I would, I discovered that I was, um, that I had, I had a lot of resentment against myself and my weight and my eating. And I did an inventory and my sponsor suggested I go to OA. She's like, when you're ready, you'll go to OA. Actually, the, my first sponsor, she tried to give me her eating plan. <laughs> and it, when people that are not compulsive overeaters give you a reasonable eating plan, it's a disaster because they're, I'm, you know, I'm not addressing the mental side of things. So my other sponsor directed me to OA and I am so grateful to be here. So what it's like today, guys, is... Um, the relief that I got when I just made a decision to come into the program was tremendous, but I came into the program and I would leave the skivvy room, stop at Taco Bell and get my usual, you know, six to eight to 10 items every day. I did this for several months and I was sort of auditing, but I couldn't stop. I started coming to meetings, but I couldn't stop the behaviors. I eat consistently when I'm in the car, when I, it doesn't matter where I work. I had food in my mouth from the time I woke up to the time I slept. In the end there, I started to sleep with food in my cheeks of my mouth so that I would have something if I woke up and was hungry. I would put Jordan almonds. I would sleep with them in my cheeks. I won't even tell you about my teeth. But what the change was, was I finally opened my mouth and asked for help from someone. And I asked a woman in this program if she would be my sponsor. And as soon as I asked her, I don't know what happened, but the thought occurred to me that maybe I could just put the potato chips down. Let me start with one thing. Five minutes remaining. Thank you. So I was going to meetings and a food item that I had, you know, the family bag size, several bags a week for decades. There was a thought occurred to me, maybe I could just have one meal without it. Cause I used to think every food tastes better with that, with potato chips, right? The combination. And I just had a meal 
like, and didn't have it. And I was kind of like, okay. And I started picking up tools from going to the meetings because you guys would make suggestions like, just pray to God right before you eat. You know, like, okay, God, I'm going to eat now. Well, please help me eat sanely. You know, and another day and another day and another meal went by. And next thing you know, I had like a week off of potato chips. And something weird happened. And I, I mean, my, basically my diet was whatever they're selling in fast food and at the convenience stores, food, right? I always picked up, stopped there every day, a couple times a day, pick up a king size candy bar, bag of chips, some of the food they have there. And then I would, I was a diet Coke drinker. Any diet Coke drinkers here? Like massive quantities, six liters minimum a day. That's three, two liter bottles. Like no joke. I mean, I drink soda the way I drink alcohol, you know, (laughs) I drink everything that way. Even today, it's just, I drink healthier things, you know? Um, And just continuing to come back and picking up these little golden nuggets from you guys, stuff that was practical and made sense. I would start trying them. And next thing you know, the thought occurred to me, like, maybe I could not eat my my 20 minute drive from work home. And a day came and I just, I didn't eat. Like, I mean, this is a person who always has food in her mouth continuously, like has to have something in her mouth. And, you know, a day came and I I didn't eat in my drive. And then I started picking up other nuggets, like, well, prepare your meals. And um, I started to prepare food. And then I started to get a cooler because I'm on the road a lot. And I started to get a cooler and keep the foods that I could eat in there. Now, lastly, I'm probably out. How much time do I have, Terry? minute two minutes two minutes when i first got here um i was also seeing a doctor my diabetes and my high blood blood pressure were out of control i i escorted my mom and dad to heaven from severe diabetes and everything that comes with it and i elected to do the gastric bypass i want to bring this up because i know some of you are thinking about this and i am not the know-all and i'm not your doctor But what I did learn in the program is to have a doctor and to um, follow direction. And for a year, I started that process at the same time I started OA. And for a year, one year, I prayed about that, wrote about it, talked about it with my sponsor, talked about it with my doctor. And um, for me, and only for me, um, I am so grateful. I, I have, I have extended my life for sure um, because of medical science and what it has to offer me. Now, last year I had a knee replacement. I need another knee replacement, right? I have all the things that happen when we let our bodies get to the 300 and plus or 200 and plus for some of you guys, or 400 and plus for some of you guys, 300 is my range, right? Um, The toll it takes on our bodies is tremendous. And I'm paying, you know, I'm paying the consequences for that. I just want you to know that this program has worked for an addict like me. I'm a real addict. I do everything that way, but I have a solution today. And the solution is number one, you must get out of the isolation. And you can do that literally right now. 
in the chat, any person here, you can put your phone number and say, please call me, I need help today. And, and the second thing is to just keep coming back. If you do anything perfectly today, my abstinence is measured by me coming to the meetings. That's my abstinence. As long as I'm coming back, I seem to have this life that is so good. It's so good. It's so good. But, and I don't have time to tell you how good it is, but it's something that God gave me. My higher power gave me and people in the rooms gave me. Get out of the isolation. It's going to kill you. Thank you. I'll wrap it up. It's going to kill you. It would kill me if I was still stuck in that room, that dorm all by myself. I owe every gift, everything good in my life to the 12 steps. I owe my life to this program. I am in of service in this program. I take phone calls from OA. Org. My name is listed there. Um, I serve in this particular meeting. The other thing I suggest you do is get in service immediately because it'll, it'll force you to keep coming back. And that's all I have, everyone. Thank you so much for um, just being here. And bless you all with one day, just today, just today of an abstinent day of treating yourself with some love and some kindness. Be gentle with yourself. Wherever you're at today is exactly where you need to be. It's perfect. You're here. Thank you.